When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange Brown Talk podcast. This is, of course, our big Browns-Bengals preview. We've got a packed show, as always, coming your way. Uh, Michael Nizalik, who covers the Bengals for us, will join us in the second segment. Uh, Irie Harris, Dougley Maurice will join us in the final segment. We'll do prop bets. We'll do game picks. And, of course, Lance Reisland will give us his scouting report. So that's all coming up here uh, over the next hour or so on the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Let's get to it, however. Browns, Bengals, Mary Kay Cabot is here. Ashley Bastock is here. What you need to know for Sunday's Battle of Ohio at Paycor Stadium. Mary Kay, what do you have? You know, you guys, the thing that just keeps running through my mind this whole entire week is the fact that Joe Burrow is 0-4 against the Cleveland Browns. It's so hard for me to even believe that because uh, we all see how great Joe is. He took his team to the Super Bowl last year. Right now, he's on a four-game winning streak. He's won six of his last seven. He's 3-0 and against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he's on a complete and total roll right now. And he can't seem to beat the Cleveland Browns. And it's just absolutely bizarre. Now, he attributes that in large part uh, to Miles Garrett and the great games that Miles Garrett has had against the, the Cleveland Browns, I mean, against the Bengals. And he has had good games. Uh, he, he has sacked Joe Burrow six times. Uh, he has stripped him. Uh, in, in the four games um, in total, the Browns have 17 sacks in this 4-0 streak that they have going against Joe Burrow. So that's basically been the name of the game is they get to him, they rattle him, then they force him into interceptions. He's got four interceptions in those games. So that's been it. Uh, that's just been pressure up front, great coverage of his tremendous receivers on the back end, and he hasn't had an answer. That's been my whole thing all week is, what is Joe Bur- Burrow going to do? What are the Cincinnati Bengals going to do to try to solve Miles Garrett and this Cleveland Browns defense? Yeah, Ashley, I don't know. I can't figure it out. That's that's my own, that's all I can say about it. I can't figure out why the Browns. I mean, I guess I have some ideas, but I, I can't figure out why this has been so difficult for Joe Burrow to even get one win against this team, let alone you know win. I don't know. Like this year, they should have beaten. It was like a gimme that they were going to beat the Browns on Halloween, and the Browns go out and win by twenty nine points or nineteen points or whatever it was. I'm bad at math. But I can't figure it out. Why does it happen? Well, I, I can't help you out with the math part, Dan. As famously, famously, I took the easiest math class that John Carroll University had to offer that was required for my degree. But I do think this Browns team is, I, I've been talking about this all week on some level. I think when we talk about this a defense, it is built to stop offenses like this. The Bengals are very like stuck in their ways in terms of their drop back game and, and how much they rely on their passing attack. And much like the Bengals have different receivers that are very good at different things, 
I think the Browns have different defensive backs that are very good at different things that they just kind of match up really well. And, and, you know, I think too, an element of this because of that is that not only do they match up well, their defensive front, the Bengals have had a horrid offensive line this entire time, basically that Joe Burrow has been here. Um, And the Browns front has been able to take advantage of that by getting pressures, by getting sacks in turn. I think that's all of those things have led to them taking the ball away against the Bengals, which has just been huge. So I I think just on a larger scale, though, it's not just about, oh, like Joe Burrow can't beat the Browns. Like he has the yips against the in-state rival or something like, no, I think all in all, this Browns defense is built to stop offenses like this. And, And we kind of touched on this before. In turn, that's led to some of their defensive deficiencies this year in, in the run game. But against the Bengals, they they are really, I think, this is what they're built to do. And they've taken care of business against them. All right. So, Ashley, uh, what have you got? Yeah, the one thing that I'm watching or that you should know is that it's a good thing that Denzel Ward was back out at practice on Thursday because Denzel has historically had some pretty good games against the Bengals. I didn't get a chance to go through for his entire career yet. I still had one more year. Let me see if I can do that quick. But in the games in which he's played against Cincinnati, he has come away with ever since ignoring his rookie year when he did not have any interceptions in those two games last season in the one game he played interception in 2020, no interceptions, but three passes defensed in each game, 2019 an interception in each of those games against Cincinnati. He's just played really well against the Bengals. I think it's huge that their secondary um, with him or their cornerbacks should be at full strength going into this game, because again, they've just played really well. And that's also knowing that Greg Newsom, when Jamar Chase played last year, he matched up really well with him. So Denzel didn't even really have to worry about that. Um, I just think, again, it's going to be, the secondary is going to be key in this game to, you know, I think taking the ball away and giving this Browns offense more chances to, to operate. Mary Kay, I will never forget sitting at what was then Paul Brown Stadium and the Bengals are driving down the field against the Browns. Looks like it's going to be an easy score. And then Denzel Ward just steps in front of Jamar Chase and returns at 99 yards for a touchdown. And it was it was on after that. And it was just such a jarring moment. It was one of those moments of like, oh, okay, the, the Browns showed up for this. And it seems like there's one of those in like almost every Browns-Bengals game lately. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that was that was one of those unforgettable moments. And it really took both, I think, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase out of their game. And I don't think either of them ever really recovered from that. Uh, Jamar Chase was held to six catches for 49 yards that game. And that was the first of two passes intended for him that were picked off. So, I mean, that's a really bad game for the great Jamar Chase. And uh, and I think it just gives the Browns so much confidence heading into Cincinnati to think that uh, they really do a nice job against these great receivers. They're not intimidated whatsoever. Um, they're, you know, mixing it up a little bit verbally uh, with the Bengals receivers and getting ready to have a little bit of fun with that. And then uh, the other thing that I that I think is going to be key is the fact that uh, Martin Emerson has really emerged over the last, you know, six, seven weeks or so. And he's ready for another big game like this. I mean, we saw 
what he did to Mike Evans. He is not intimidated in any way, shape, or form by a, you know, a really, really good Pro Bowl receiver. The moment isn't too big for him. Uh, so I do think that they, once again, are gonna, going to match up really well. Now, the difference this time possibly could be a better performance by the Bengals' offensive line. If the Bengals' offensive line plays better and can keep Miles Garrett from wrecking the game, then that's key. I mean, I, I think that's just a humongous key uh, to this football game. Miles just has Joe's number. He's got their offensive line's number. He knows where to find the weaknesses. Uh, he'll pick his spots. And uh, and if they can't figure out Miles Garrett like they haven't been able to, then it's going to be more of the same for the Bengals in Cincinnati. Well, you guys left me the low-hanging fruit here for this. So I'll just say Deshaun Watson, game number two for Deshaun Watson. Uh, we all saw what it looked like in Houston it obviously did not look very good. It has to look better. I mean, that was his wor- the worst rated game of his career. It just has to look better. So the thing to watch this week, or the thing I guess people need to know is like, first of all, Deshaun Watson is still a really good quarterback. That quarterback is in there somewhere and it will eventually find, you know, it'll eventually get out. The question is, will it be this week? And Mary Kay, I, I think we're going to see, and I don't know that it's going to be, that much better, but I think incrementally we're going to see a better version of Deshaun Watson this week. You know, I, I think so too. I wrote a column about this earlier in, in the week and I offered about six reasons why I think he could be much better this game. One of those was Kevin Stefanski will know how to call the game for him now. Now they know what they're dealing with. They know how rusty he is. They know what kind of timing he has with his receivers. So they will have a better idea of who and what they're calling the game for. Then I think it'll be key that David Njoku is back. Uh, he's one of their best offensive players playing at a Pro Bowl level. And when you don't have many weapons and one of them is sidelined, it makes a huge difference. So he'll come back and and make a big impact, not only in the passing game, but in the blocking game. And, and I think that that will be very, very key. Um, I, I also think that the fact that Deshaun Watson got the whole Houston thing off of his plate. I think that that's uh, going to be crucial this game. He's not dealing with all of the things emotionally that he had to deal with in Houston. And he did admit today that that whole situation hit him harder than he thought it would. And now I think he can go out and really, for the most part, focus on football. I mean, that was probably bigger than anyone thought it was going to be. So I I really think now he can kind of get his head where it needs to be. Uh, and and really go out there and, and try to play a better game. Now, having said that very quickly, just want to mention, these are not the Houston Texans that they're playing. They are marching into uh, Cincinnati where the Bengals are in a dogfight for the AFC North at eight and four. They're playing great. They've won four straight, six of their last seven. They just beat the Chiefs. They're playing at a very high level right now. The intensity will be more than what he faced in Houston. Ashley, what are your expectations for Deshaun here this week? You know, I am still kind of, I guess, hesitant to be overly optimistic at what this is going to look like. And and I agree with Mary Kay. You know, I think a lot is off of his plate now that that first one is out of the way and given everything that was surrounding it. But I don't know. I'm like, if I, I would just be hesitant to get my hopes up too high because I do think like 
so many of his issues just stem from the fact like he hasn't played in two years. And yes, he got one game out of his way. But I do still wonder, especially like when he talked today, he talked so much about like the fundamentals and focusing on that and maybe some of his mechanics slightly being off, his footwork slightly being off. I do kind of just want to see what that looks like going into this week before I make any bold claim about about what I think he's going to look like going forward or for the rest of the season. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if some of this does take um, some time to iron out. I do think it'll look better than it did against Houston, but I, I don't think Houston is going to have solved everything for him. So I would just be be wary and don't don't panic, I would say, if he comes out and, and it's having some, you know, some of those low throws again or, or things like that, because I do think that's just going to take some reps and getting through it, getting through those game reps to really correct. Okay, there you go. Things you need to know for Sunday's game, Browns, Bengals. We're just getting started here. We're going to do prop bets a little bit later. Lance Reisland is going to give his scouting report. And of course, we are going to make our game picks for Sunday's game in Cincinnati. But first, we're going to take a break. And on the other side of the break, uh, Mary Kay and I had a chance to catch up with one of our Bengals reporters, Michael Nizalik. He's going to tell you everything you need to know about the Cincinnati Bengals. That's coming up after this break. Welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, our Browns and Bengals preview edition. And now we're happy to welcome on Michael Nizalik, who covers the Bengals for Cleveland.com. You can find his work at Cleveland.com slash Bengals. Michael, thanks for taking the time. Absolutely, Dan. Hi, Mary Kay. How are you doing, too? I'm doing great, Michael. Thanks for joining us today. Um, so, yeah, the uh, the number one question on everyone's mind is how on earth do the Cleveland Browns have Joe Burrow's number to the point where they are 4-0 against him right now? And the biggest thing, of course, is what can he do about it? What can the Bengals do about this? Score first. <laughs> no, I, I think that that is part of the uh, essential kind of focus, uh, starting fast. I think they've been disappointed with how they've started kind of in these last uh, two games in particular, you know, excluding the uh, Week 17 game last year, which they kind of put to the side. Um, you know, that, that 99, what was 95-yard interception touchdown return uh, that Denzel Ward had. Uh, last year and then um, you know obviously this year with the tipped pass uh, that kind of derailed an early drive and, and kind of set the course there so I think that's sort of what they're hoping to get um, I think the home crowd will give them a boost uh, this is the first uh, time all year they've had back-to-back home games so um, you know the atmosphere last week's against the chief was really exciting uh, in Cincinnati and I think it'll be just uh, they'll be just as motivated uh, this weekend even though obviously uh, the stakes aren't as high you know with, with the AFC's top team but obviously it's your biggest rival so I think um, they will show up and, and be loud and, and and I think that could help make a difference as well so when you look at the Bengals since they came to Cleveland and lost that game on Halloween what, what has changed for this team uh, well, Zach Taylor will say that's an, an anomaly, and they were playing well before that and after. Um, you know, I, I think that the offensive line is playing better. I think they're gelling. This was a group that didn't get much time in the preseason together, and I think you've seen them sort of steadily, uh, you know, get better and improve. And and really, you know, Joe Burrow referred to them as, as probably playing the, as well as anybody in the league right now. Um, so I think that's sort of been an element that wasn't there. You know, they didn't play particularly well against Cleveland. Um, and the defense had an off day. You know, th- that really was an anomaly. Uh, this defense has played 
uh, has really been, you know, I was looking at the statistics. Maybe they don't jump out, but clutch is sort of, I guess, a statistic you can't measure. Um, last week you saw that with Jermaine Pratt forcing that fumble, them getting a late sack on Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, they've come through in the red zone uh, very often, uh, you know, stopping teams from getting points. Um, and that's kind of been their formula for success. But I think maybe the biggest difference is that offensive line just, you know, they really are playing at a higher level. The rest of the team, you know, you just feel like, they just had a bad, bad day. <laughs> and, you know, Jamar Chase is obviously back, um, and that'll bring something. But, you know, they played well without Chase really every game except for that one, too. So, um, you know, I, I think the offensive line is probably the answer to that question. Well, that probably helps uh, answer the question that I have now, and that is uh, obviously when Joe Burrow was asked about the Cleveland Browns, what makes them so unique and so difficult, uh, he answered Miles Garrett. And, and Miles Garrett has a, a ton of sacks. He seems to always be able to wreck the game against the Bengals. And uh, it would seem to me that that would be a key for the Bengals is to figure out what in the heck to do with Miles Garrett. So do you think they are better equipped to handle him this game? Uh, and if so, what are they going to do to kind of contain him a little bit? Well, yeah, I think but kind of both my answer, you know, when I said start fast and then the offensive line, those are the two answers, right? Last game, it was kind of the perfect storm. They get behind, you know, they got to throw and, and Miles Garrett, you can kind of let him go and do his thing and not support as much. And and that's a tough spot to put those, those tackles in. Uh, I don't think Jonah Williams uh, in particular had a very good game. Um, you know, that, that was sort of one of his worst of the season. Um, and so I, I think the answer is, is if they can control the game a little better, not get in those situations where, you know, they, they can't be as dynamic and, um, you know, make him guess a little bit just because, you know, you knew in that second half what they were going to do. I mean, they just they had no choice but to throw the ball um, that that that'll that'll be one way. And then I think, you know, they, they just play better. You know, they don't get beat. Um, they're a little more effective or efficient. Uh, I, I think that that will help. I mean, I, I think they will say that. Look, Miles Garrett's going to get a sack or two, um, and there's probably not much we can do to stop it. You know, the, you know, he's going to have good games. You just can't let him be as disruptive in key situations. You know, third downs or in the red zone. Um, you know, there's like a tip pass that leads to an interception. Things like that you have to limit. Um, and 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 I think they feel comfortable um, where they're at right now to be able to do that. Especially if, like I said, they've just played so well. With, you know, they 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 took the ball last week against the Chiefs. Uh, they like playing from out front and against a team like Cleveland that I think has sort of an equal, you know, uh, that that's that's the strategy they like to lean on. Um, you, you know, you definitely want to do that. So with Joe Mixon back this week and then really what Samaj P. Ryan has done in his absence, what, what is the state of this Bengals running game right now? Interesting. <laughs> Samaj, <laughs> uh, I really thought Samaj gave them something that, he was, you know, much more downhill, just straightforward. And, um, you know, they were talking about how everything he seemed to get fell forward. Even if it was a, a blown play, it was one to three yards forward. And that was something Joe Mixon sort of had struggled doing with. You know, I think a lot of people have pointed to the fact that, well, the offensive line's playing better now than it was. So, you know, Mixon will get that same kind of thing. But, you know, Samaje was really physical. Uh, you know, I think you guys probably saw, even if you didn't watch the games, the clips of his stiff arms online, kind of the, the those clips went viral because they were really impressive plays. He's just, you know, rushing with a lot of physicality. Um, Joe Mixon's obviously a different back, and one of the last games he had was his best game of the season. Uh, and I understand why they're going back to him, and I think right 
I think he's the starter. I think that they'll kind of go back to those defined roles that they had with Samaje being more of a third down back, blocking back, and, and a guy that you throw to out of the backfield. Doesn't get a lot of touches in the run game because uh, those will go to Mixon. But, you know, he really played well. And so, um, you know, I'm not surprised just because Mixon's also a very, you know, particular personality where you don't want to sort of upset him and get him off his game. So I think they want to express confidence and say, yeah, it's obviously his starting job and his job. Um, so they're kind of going back to what it was in that Browns game where, you know, Mixon's your guy um, and Samaje is just sort of the the complimentary piece. But, you know, I, you, there's something to be said where they, they were, the offense looked so good the last two weeks to not upsetting sort of the, the apple cart, but that, you know, they, they are going with what they, you know, came in with, you know, with the, what they started the season with and not letting that injury sort of um, mean anything, I guess, you know, that it's just kind of back to status quo. In keeping on the offensive side of the ball for the Bengals, before we jump over for a couple of questions uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, there's there's just a lot of talk about how the, the Cleveland Browns match up really well against this kind of classic drop back passing offense. They don't add a lot of motion and shifting and pre-snap movement and those kinds of things. Things that have really messed up the Browns this year, particularly in a game uh, like the loss to the Dolphins. So my question to you is, and I've been asking everybody this all week long actually, is can the Bengals at this point in the season add in some of those things to their offense to try to catch the Browns off guard? Or are they just going to line up and try to do what they do, but do it better? I think the second one, <laughs> I think, I think they're confident in, um, particularly with Chase back winning one on ones. You know, I, I think they have a lot of confidence that, look, if, um, I know T. Higgins was limited today, but I, I mean, you, you expect unless something happened, um, in practice that, that he'd play with him, with Boyd and Chase, that it's going to be hard to cover all three. And so, um, you know, at some point you're going to get a look that you like and Joe Burrow is going to be able to, be able to exploit it, essentially. So, you know, they're not necessarily looking for, you know, that reminds me of like the college level where you're trying to always scheme up the, like, uh, uh, an easy play or an easy win. Whereas the Bengals don't, you know, they, they do some of that stuff, obviously, with the routes they run. But, I mean, more, they, they like, they believe in the talent they have and are are, are confident that, you know, a guy like Jamar Chase, you're not going to be able to cover him all game. You know, you're just not. Even with, even if you try to double him, there's at some point you're, there's going to be a split second open and, and, and Joe Burrow's going to find him. So um, I, I think that's the answer. And then, you know, Joe Burrow talked a lot about this week about making his reads very uh, quickly and getting through the progressions even, fa- you know, quicker than earlier in the season. And so um, getting to those checkdowns, positive plays, efficiency, those are the things they like to kind of counter with that even if like the, the plays downfield aren't there or busts or things like that, that you're still going to you know keep moving down the field. And that's what they've been able to do the last couple of weeks. So obviously one of the key injuries for the Bengals happened on Halloween. That was uh, Chidobe Awuzie, the corner going out for the year. How, how has Cincinnati dealt with losing him? Uh, really well. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of figured that would be a major question mark, and, and they've sort of answered it. Uh, Eli Apple stepped back into the lineup, um, has played better since uh, that. Uh, he kind of struggled the weeks leading up to that, and they were kind of talking about playing the rookie Cam Taylor-Britt for him. Um, now they're playing together and playing really well. Um, Cam Taylor-Britt has earned himself, I think, a – uh, quick spot in, as a favorite for the fans and the coaching staff. He plays with tremendous energy, always around the ball, um, the, you know, really physical in the run game, actually. 
Um, you know, I think the defensive coordinator, Lou Anaramo, would like him a little more, uh, you know, the, the passing game is still coming along and coverages and things, but that's to be expected for a rookie. Um, but, you know, for losing a guy of Chidobe's talent to, you know, four weeks later being where they're at defensively, I, I don't think you could have asked for anything more in terms of, like, what this defense looks like. I mean, it's pretty pretty good. Um, and I think the veteran leaders in the back end at safety sort of help and help, help steady kind of the ship. But, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good group in terms of, you know, you've lost what I think arguably is your best defensive player. Okay. One last one for me, Michael, and that is uh, you've got Deshaun Watson coming off this extremely rusty, rugged, rough game in Houston. Uh, so my question to you is, what do you think uh, the Bengals are expecting from Deshaun Watson in this game? Are they expecting a much better Deshaun Watson, uh, a more explosive passing game than what he was able to offer? And if he suddenly somehow lights it up and starts to turn it on, uh, are they going to be able to to handle that? Well, I think Zach Taylor mentioned how, you know, they faced him, I think it was in 20, one of his last games in, in Houston, um, and it was a shootout, and he threw for, you know, 300-plus yards and had uh, three touchdowns, and he's like, well, that's the, the Deshaun Watson we've seen, and we know what he's capable of. So that's sort of, I think, where they're saying, we'll plan for that one. <laughs> and if it's, if it's anything less, we're in good shape, right? You know, that's how I'm adding that part to his quote. But he said, you know, basically that that was the that was Deshaun at his best, and so that's what we know he's capable of. And so then you plan for everything. You know, if, if it's less than that, then you're you're obviously in better shape. So I think that that's sort of what they see it as. Like they know what he's capable of. Obviously, didn't do that last week, and they're and they're not really sure what the game plan. That you know, he's like, we don't know how much they're going to change. We don't know what the, you know, new wrinkles they're going to throw. And he's like, it's like facing a team in week one, essentially, or week two. We don't have a lot of film. Um, so I think there's a lot of uncertainty to that, but I think they're planning for the, you know, the idea that Watson is capable of being that guy he was two years ago, even though that might seem far-fetched based on what you guys saw last week um, as a coach, that's what they've got to do and sort of, you know, caution your team not to take, uh, them lightly and so I think that's kind of what how they're approaching it that he's a guy a couple of years ago that you know was capable of those games whether that happens this year it remains to be seen they just don't want it to happen to them all right Michael I usually warn our guests before we hit record about this question but I thought I forgot to do that this week but oh, I'm sure you're oh, ready no. for it do you oh, no. do you have a are you ready to make your pick for Sunday's game I kind of feel like this is going to be like where the Cincinnati like takes out their frustration like the was it eight of the last nine i think they've lost so this goes back further than joe burrow and so i think that i think they can set their score i think it's going to be lopsided maybe i'm maybe i'll have egg on my face but i I was thinking like something like you know like 35 to to 13 or something like that i i just feel like that they're playing so well and um have got everything kind of going for them that if they lost this one then i think you could call call it like a curse now or you know in the the series but (laughs) Um, it just feels to me like everything's sort of setting up for that. I, I don't know. I mean, I, does that feel like that in that in, on your side of the, the city, the state? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of how I feel right here, right here. It, it does not, but I'm not going to spoil it because we're going to make our picks a little bit later in the no, I don't know. Actually, I'm just curious, like what the feel coming out of that, uh, that Houston game was essentially like what the locker room's like. You know, Mary, I mean, Mary Kay, I would say even with Deshaun's performance, there's still a lot of optimism. And Browns fans, 
listen, Browns fans, Michael, they were thinking six and zero with Deshaun Watson. As soon as yeah. as soon as they beat the Bucks, it was like, all right, Deshaun's coming back. Let's go six and zero. Interesting. I think there's a, a ton of confidence on the part of the Cleveland Browns to go into Cincinnati and win this football game because of how well they match up against this offense. And their secondary is so healthy right now. And not only are they healthy, they've had a young guy like Martin Emerson really emerge. So they really can handle uh, even, you know, they can handle man to man. They can handle zone coverages. They can, they've got somebody that matches up really well with everyone. So I think because of what they have on the front end and the pressure that they can uh, provide and what they've got on the back end. I think that they just feel so confident heading into Cincinnati. Also knowing what they did down there last year, 41 to 16 with Jamar Chase in the game, they got them off their game and they rattled them. But I almost have to wonder if they're not almost a little overconfident heading into this game. It, it, it feels really hard for me to believe that Joe Burrow, the great Joe Burrow, who in Cleveland, like we, you know, we really like his game. Uh, it, it's hard to believe that he is going to let the Cleveland Browns uh, make him go zero and five against them, yeah. and and really and really not be able to get this monkey off of his back. So I think it's going to be a heck a heck of a football game. Yeah, and I mean this. I mean, you talk about you know. I know Cleveland's shot. You know, they're, they're not talking playoffs as much, and obviously that's that. But I mean, like this is you know. After last week, the Bengals could talk legitimately about being, you know, with Buffalo ahead of them in the race for the AFC, you know, essentially. And they've got Baltimore still to sort of carve out their own path to, to stumble now. And then, and like you said, lose another one to to the Browns, I think would be <laughs> would make it would make the season interesting, obviously. But, yeah, I just feel like they're going to put it all together. But we'll see. I mean, you know, it didn't look like they were. I mean, you know, on Halloween, that didn't look like that. But. We'll see what okay. uh, what tricks they got in there up their sleeve. All right, that is uh, Michael Nizelik. Michael, where can people find you? At Michael Nizelik on Twitter and obviously Cleveland.com slash Bengals uh, for all our, our coverage. And we'll all be together and, and dominating the, the press box on, on Sunday. Should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of Cleveland.comers there on Sunday for sure. And also, uh, if you want to get caught up on all, thing bang- all things Bengals, check out the Strictly Stripes podcast, just like the Orange Absolutely. Brown Talk podcast. It goes five days a week. So, And Mary Kay, you're going to be a guest uh, on that podcast, actually. So uh, head over and check that out where you listen to the Orange Brown Talk podcast as well. Michael, looking forward to see you on Sunday. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks, Michael. And welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Browns Bengals preview. Thanks again to Michael Nizelik for joining us and telling us all about the Bengals. Again, if you want to get caught up on all things Cincinnati Bengals, go subscribe to the Strictly Stripes podcast, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Five days a week, just like this one. And also check out cleveland.com slash Bengals. Uh, can I say best Bengals coverage? Sure. Why not? Best Bengals coverage you're going to find. Cleveland.com slash Bengals. All right, let's get right to it. We're going to do prop bets. Lance Reisland still is going to give us his scouting report, and then we're going to make our game picks. Ashley, what have you got for us this week? So I saw this prop bet, and my jaw dropped. Dare I say, I turned to you, Dan, and said, DraftKings is disrespectful for this prop bet. It's insane. I don't know why it exists. And if I'm you, I'm hammering the over because right now the over under for Miles Garrett sacks is a quarter, 0.25. Now, how you get a quarter of a sack, I have no idea. But let me throw out some numbers for you in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 
games against the Bengals. Seven of those eight career games against the Bengals, Miles Garrett has recorded at least one sack. And in three of those eight career games, he's recorded more than one sack, including the first game this year when he had one and a half sacks. And over the last three meetings, just if you want to get, or since 2020, one and a half, one and a half, one, one, two. I don't know how this is at 0.25 because Last time we saw these two teams take the field, Miles Garrett made it look like Jonah Williams did not even know what a football was. So I'm taking the over on this because I think this pressure, if the Browns are going to win this game, it's going to start up front with Miles Garrett and then putting pressure on Joe Burrow. And he has consistently done that. Doug, what if that's the problem with the Bengals offensive line and Miles Garrett? What if it's just that they don't know what a football is? I think Ashley might be onto something here. That that would be something. Zach Taylor's got to get on that. Jonah, this is a football. I th- I like this from Ashley. I think she's right on it. The only thing would be like it. it th- they're talking about Miles Garrett, right? I mean, the Joe Burrow answer this week about what what's different about the Browns. They have Miles Garrett. The only thing would be if if the if the Bengals have said, well, whatever we're gonna do, ten other things might happen in this game, but Miles Garrett is not getting a sack we're gonna double team him we're gonna run away from him we're gonna chip him like that is the number one thing that we're gonna do but i'd still bet on him getting a half a sack ashley so i think this is a good one but it they know what's up they know that he is the number one key for why the browns have dominated the bengals and i'm very curious to see what kind of game plan they have for him mary Kay, you know everyone just heard us talk to michael um and he kind of he kind of said like this just might be a game where the Bengals are okay with Miles Garrett getting like where they kind of know Miles is going to get one or two sacks and then everybody's going to hear Lance Reisling coming up and he's going to mention that Zach Taylor is not really a guy that no pun intended here changes his stripes very often so you think Miles might still get stuck on an island are we missing something here does DraftKings like have some injury information maybe Miles' shoulder is worse than we thought or something is. It just, I hate things like this where it's like, of course he's going to get, they're crazy. What are they doing? I always feel like there's just something I'm missing or something I don't know. Well, there are a couple things actually. And the first of those things are the fact that after the Bengals surrendered five sacks to the Cleveland Browns in that 32-13 Halloween night loss, they've only given up five sacks since then, including one each in each of their last two games. Now, again, they haven't really seen the likes of a Miles Garrett. Um, they have, however, I can't remember if T.J. Watt played when the Steelers played he, the Bengals. He did. I, th- I think that was he his did. first game back. Okay. So um, the thing is, is that the offensive line of the Cincinnati Bengals uh, has been, been playing actually pretty well. In fact, Joe Burrow the other day said that they are playing better than anybody in the league right now. So is that true? Is uh, Vegas buying into this? Uh, we will have to see. Once again, I always think, well, you know, uh, that doesn't include Miles Garrett and, and Jadavian Clowney. And so um, so we'll have to see about that. But Joe Burrow has been getting the ball out very, very quickly lately. Uh, and I think they learned some things from last year when they lost 41-16 to to the Browns 
and they had Jamar Chase in there. Now, on, on Halloween night, they did not have uh, Jamar Chase in there, and that makes a huge difference. So when they have him back, and Joe has so many different places to go with the ball, and he can get it out really, really quickly, and then Jonah Williams, and they're going to chip him, and they're going to do everything. Uh, I think they're going to make a concerted effort to keep Miles Garrett from wrecking the game. I mean, like you said earlier, Doug, that's that's what they're talking about over there. When Joe Burrows asked what makes the Cleveland Browns unique, it's Miles. So I think they have Miles circled in red. They're going to do everything that they can. But I still think that he's going to go over that. So I'm taking the over in this for sure. I, I, I think he's going to play with his hair on fire and have at least one sack. Irene, Mary Kay just made this super compelling case for the under and took the over, which tells me everything I need to know here. What about you? What about me? What do I matter in this? No, I'm just kidding. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, along with the wonderful point that Mary Kay mentioned, I think it is fair to say that Cincinnati, not only do we, I assume most of us expect the over. I know I'm going with the over from this. As you said earlier, Cincinnati probably expects the over. They probably expect more than a couple from Miles Garrett because he is what makes this defense unique. To them, on the offensive line, he is the defense because you've seen how poor collectively this defense has been this season. But you see how Miles Garrett is the one that separates himself from the pack most of the time, or at least in their heads. So I am going to go with the over on this. They've done well within the last couple of games. I was kind of wary in seeing that they did not sack Kyle Allen of the Houston Texans that all last game, even though it was by far the defense, the reason why the Browns won special teams and defense, putting up 21 of the 27 total points, but yet zero sacks. Best believe that they're going in thinking we got to get Burrow once or twice. So I'll give one of those to Miles Garrett and go with the over. All right. Clean sweep. I'd love to fade the public here, but I, I can't do it. I've, I've got it. I just, I've seen Miles Garrett come screaming around that edge with that arm reached out to strip sack Burrow. Or, I mean, you can't tell me he's not at least going to like split one with Jadavian or something. Like it's, I don't know. Something's up here. There's something fishy. I don't like it, but we're all taking the over here on Miles Garrett over a quarter of a sack, much like Ashley, all of our jaws dropped when we heard that. Okay, Doug, what have you got? I'm going to bet on Joe Burrow in this one. And the Joe Burrow over under on passing touchdowns is two and a half. And the over is actually really good odds. It's minus 155. So you're going to win some money if you take this over and I'm taking the over. Joe Burrow, his first two games against the Browns, he had three passing touchdowns. Then that Crazy game last year, right, with the Denzel pick that flipped that game that looked like he was going to throw a touchdown pass in the first drive, and he didn't. Um, He didn't throw any in that game, and then he sat out the game at the end of last year, and then this year he had two without Jamar Chase. So I think we know that teams are going to try to run the ball on the Browns, but I also think that Joe Burrow, and I'm very eager to see, I think this – has officially reached the point where it was kind of this thing, oh, yeah, no, the Bengals are Browns. Oh, yeah, the Browns have Joe Burrow. I think this has reached the point this week where Joe Burrow cares about this. And I don't think Joe Burrow likes having zero wins against the Cleveland Browns. And Joe Burrow is coming off a game against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs where people are saying, like, well, that's it. He might be the second-best quarterback in the NFL. He is continuing to ascend, and I think he wants to be great in this game because is it the biggest thing to him? I mean, they made the Super Bowl last year, but I think we've reached the point where it is a thing. And so I think he will decide 
that this is I want my I want to put my best football out there. So I really like the idea of even though you know the the Bengals will try to run on the Browns more than they did last time. Their running back situation is a little uncertain. I think Joe Burrow to throw three touchdown passes. I feel good about that. You're getting really good odds on the over two, so I'll take that over two and a half touchdowns. All right, Joe Burrow. Uh, looking at his game log here, uh, two in his last five games, uh, two touchdowns. That starts actually with the Browns game. Two touchdowns, one. Then he had a four touchdown game against Pittsburgh, one against Tennessee, two against Kansas City. Although, to be fair, Tyler Boyd had one of the most egregious drops I've seen of a sure touchdown. What would have been number three uh, in in that game? But that being said, I'm going to take the under here. Um, I think this is a game where Burrow maybe throws for two touchdowns, and if the Bengals win, maybe they run for two or Burrow runs one in. Uh, That's just passing touchdowns, right, Doug? Yes, yes, passing touchdowns. So I could see like a game where he he throws for two, you know, Mixon or Pirine gets one, um, Burrow like sneaks one in, something like that. I'm going to take the under, though. I'm going to say that he's, he kind of gets stuck at two touchdowns in this game instead of going over in this. So, Mary Kay, what do you think? You know, I'm struggling with this a little bit because um, I've been messing around with my score. And when I look at my score, it really is probably going to require three touchdown passes to get to where I'm going here. Um, so I have to take the over for that reason. But then I just keep on thinking about those Browns defensive backs and the Browns cornerbacks and how I think they're going to rise to the occasion this game. And I see Martin Emerson swatting down some passes, probably giving up a touchdown pass, but also swatting a bunch down. And uh, and I see Denzel Ward making some plays. I see Greg Newsom potentially getting his first interception of his career. Um, but I, I have to take the over. I have to take the over because – uh, kind of like Doug, I, I feel like this is the game in which Joe Burrow is so determined to get the monkey off of his back. I think he's sick and tired of hearing about the fact that he's 0-4 against the Cleveland Browns, and it's the Battle of Ohio, and they have so much on the line. Uh, these guys need to go out there and try to win every game they possibly can. They're in a dogfight for the, or not, not necessarily a dogfight, sorry about that. They're in a, some kind of a fight. Uh, some kind did, of a battle. Did we go over this on the podcast last year? Yes. We did, and it we wouldn't say cat fight. fight either because it cannot be cat fight. I, think. I forget what we said. Maybe uh, a squirrel fight? Squirrel fight. No one cares about squirrels. Squirrel yeah. fight. That's <laughs> okay. not what we said. But. All right. So they're in a squirrel fight um, for the AFC North with the Ravens. They know how important this is. They know that they're getting kind of laughed at for not being able to to beat the Browns. I mean, did anybody see the poor girl with the, with her wisdom teeth out on her way home from, uh, from the den? Oh, you guys have got, okay. I'm, I'm a little woke on this here. Just as, just as an aside, I'm, I'm a little woke on that. I think it was a brilliant video. Also think it's a fake. (gasps) You think that girl? No. People faking something for attention on the internet? That's never happened. And honestly, even if it is a fake, I love it. It's a great (laughs) comedic video. It's very funny. You have not seen it, Ashley? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, come on, Ashley. What is it? 
How have you actually not seen this? It's what so is it? What funny. is it? What is it? It's a it's a Bengals fan allegedly driving home oh, from a dental God. from a dental procedure, and she is sobbing and talking about the Bengals. And it's I, I don't even want to tell you what she says because it's just it is just she crying keeps about getting, them never beating the Browns. Just uh, just, it just keeps getting part. better. It keeps getting better and better and oh better as God. it goes. I think so, if I got my wisdom teeth out and like again, this is literally my life. Like the Browns are my life. I don't think I would cry over them. I think if it's I very went under anesthesia. I don't think I would. I think it's very well written. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Probably is well written. <laughs> it's there very well done. Where <laughs> Doug, very well Doug, done. Doug does not agree with me. I can tell. That video is the only thing anybody in my house has talked about this week. And the acting <laughs> by that young woman, if it's fake, put her in a movie. It is yeah. unbelievable. So I don't good. care if it's fake. I love it. Even if she, if she admitted it was fake, I would still love the video as much as I loved when I first watched it. But I just... Yeah, I'm, I'm so funny. Okay, where were we? I love it. Right, that's a good question. None of us have any idea where we were. Okay, well, let's uh, let's see. So Doug took the over. Mary Kay took the over. I took the under. Ashley, what about you? Well, I found the video and was trying to watch it, and then you called on me. Um, wait, so it's Burrow two and a half touchdowns, Doug? It's, it's Burrow two and a half touchdowns. Passes. I'm going to also take the under. I think he would have only hit the over in like four games this year when I just looked. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of a lot. I'm kind of to the point with the Bengals that I'm like, show me you can beat the Browns and I'll believe it, and I will maybe respect you in some of these picks. But – until then, I'm going with recent history, and I, I don't know. I'm still going to bank on this defense to to stop him, and I'm kind of I'm showing all my cards in regards to what I'm going to pick, man. But I don't care. I feel very strongly about this. Irie, over under, and is that Bengals video fake? I'm going to answer the second question first because I still don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, and, and I'm sorry to say it already. I don't think I'm going to put much effort into looking at the video. I probably to. need. Fine. You have to. It's you orange do. and brown done, talk pod requirement. After we're done recording, you you got to watch it. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> you have only to because, do it. Only because it's required. That's right. Now, All right, over the, under two and a half. I'm going to go with the, the over. I agree with what was being said regarding him being hot right now. The last time they lost was against the Browns. I'm sure there are multiple memes being made by Bengals fans where they're taking the comments from Browns players going towards Burrow or even Jamar Chase, and they're just full of shoving their head on top of MJ's head with the statement below saying, and I took that personally. And Burrow's going to go into the game taking it quite personally, and I I don't trust – I mean, we who raise your hand if you trust the, this Browns secondary to do well in this game. Raise your hand, please. In, in this game? Yes, I, I in, in this game. Yeah. We have the and, auto, and, Mary Kay raised her hand. Okay. And the whole and, – uh, <laughs> and, I don't to the extent of allowing of keeping Burrow under two and a half. Even if they come up with certain big moments, I don't trust them within this bet. So that's why I'm going with the over with Burrow two and a half touchdowns. I raised my hand because I do trust them, right? Yes. Yes. That was yes. what we were raising our hands. Yes. By the way, Ashley watched the video while Irie was talking. I was actually yeah, watching listen, I was watching her me, reaction. Let me say something. This is one thousand I would bet my life that this is fake and here's the main tell here is the main tell why is she she recording herself why is she (laughs) recording herself 
And when I watch her, there are multiple times where she is like crying. And first of all, there's no tears. There's no tears. Let's get that out of the way. There are no physical tears. But she like, you can tell she's about to laugh. Like what she's saying is like objectively funny and good for her. It's a good comedic bit, but there's no way this is real. Debunked. I am Snopes.com over here. But it's um, still bro- it's still brilliant it's though. It's still funny. I still laughed. Dan can attest. I did still laugh. I laughed. At, at, Ashley, can can you send me this this video, please? I don't know yeah. where exactly to go. I can watch it while Doug, I'm Doug looks like if, if you have <laughs> if if you have kids if you have kids in the car, fast forward here for fifteen seconds. Doug looks like he just found out that Santa Or he's frozen. Because oh, if she not- was if this was a legitimate <laughs> meltdown, if this was like if this girl was spiraling like her mom or whoever's with her would have filmed her. Like she would not be filming herself. It just doesn't make I know. sense. That, that part sense. was a bit. That part was a yeah. bit odd. Yeah, but, but the mom, the mom's driving, right? She's on. on but why some would kind you? Of you're, if you are out because of it, why would you film yourself? Because your mom if says, you, "Here, film yourself. You're saying no. crazy things. Here, start filming yourself." Oh no, no, I don't think that's what happened at all. I think it's a fake, but it's still funny. Good for her. No, see now I, now I now I actually feel bad. Do kids listen to our podcast? Should I bleep that out? Forget the kids. What about me? What about me? What have you two done to me? People fake stuff on the internet. That's where we are. People do. Uh, it makes me want to get. I, I made me want to go under the juice to find out what crazy things I would say. Okay, those are the best so, videos around. Is crazy stuff under the juice to the girl who taped the video. <laughs> Please email me at mcabot at cleveland.com. And we or will come on the have pod. You on, I was going to say, we will have you on the pod. So email me and we'll figure this out or leave us leave us a message um, wherever you listen to your pods and, and we'll get to you. But if, if this, we want to know if this was, if this was real or not. So help us out. Someone is actually watching it right now. Is that Irie? It's Irie, yeah, I'm I'm gonna mute you here, Irie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Irie is Irie is watching it. I can I can hear it. Um, okay, we got a pod to record. Mary Kay, what have you got? Well, I have since Deshaun Watson is going to be trying to rebound from that dog of a game. There I am again with dog. It's me and David Njoku are all about the dog <laughs> this week. Um, so. I'm going to go with a Deshaun Watson prop bet. Now, the over and under, the over and under for Deshaun on passing yards is 225.5. That actually seems a bit high to me, given what we saw in Houston, where he had 131. So he would need almost another 100 yards. And I don't know if he's going to be able to get that or not. Um, This seems just a tad high to me. Not a not a bunch high. I could see him going 220, maybe even 224. But I don't know that he's going to get all the way to 225 based on based on what we've seen. I think they're going to have to run the ball a fair amount, and I think they're going to have to uh, make sure that they're not giving him too much to do in the passing game. So I'm going to go slightly under on the 225.5. I am going to take the under here, too. Uh, just because one of the themes of this podcast for me, as you'll hear, is I've got to see it. I've got to see it before I say it'll happen. And obviously, Deshaun is going to have a plenty of games where he throws for 225 yards, 300 yards as a Cleveland Browns quarterback, 400 yards 
it's not going to happen Sunday. This could be kind of a big Nick Chubb game, I think. Although I think I said that about Houston too. Um, but I think it's going to be an efficient game, a more efficient game for Deshaun, but I think he comes under that number. Uh, Irie, first of all, real or fake and over under? I don't know how to feel about what I just watched. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what to, to to the young fan who, if you're listening or not, not that I would expect you to because you're, you know, a Bengals fan. You wouldn't be listening to it. The Browns pod. I don't know how to feel about that pod, but I hope if it's real that you're listening to it, they're okay. Now, going on to the, uh, the, but I do believe that there will be a tad bit more efficiency in the air for Deshaun, but I too expect more of, of, a, of a rushing attack, more of a, the ground game, even something regarding the option where they are telling the defense you have three guys in Watson, Chubb, and Hunt that will kill you on the ground. So you tackle one, the other one's just going to go by you. Also, one of the biggest things that we spoke about the quarterback position was Brissett and his lack of mobility and how you know he doesn't create opportunities like that off the scramble. Now the quarterback that you've been waiting for who can do this is back. Take advantage of it while his arm is still waking up and recovering from missing 700 days of NFL football. So I'm going to go with the under on this. But I do think he'll be a bit more efficient. They'll look to get him more in his comfortable areas, whether intermediate, zone, anywhere, short passing, anything of that sort. Yeah, I, I agree with everything that's been said. I think I think this is an under. I don't. I don't think it's – you expect a leap from Deshaun Watson. I don't think it's snap your fingers and here comes 300-yard passing game. So I also like the under here. I think it's a good one. Yeah, kind of just what I've been saying, I agree with the under. I think that a lot of these problems that we saw against Houston just aren't going to be fixed more time, like I said, in the in the opening segment. I think it's going to take more than one game. So it's hard for me to take the over on three over 300 yards. Okay, uh, here we go. I'm sticking with Deshaun Watson. This maybe kind of goes – a little bit with what Mary Kay put out there as far as his passing yards. Deshaun Watson's longest run on Sunday over under 11 and a half. So he basically just needs to have a one run of 12 or more yards to hit this over. And I think now that they've gotten him on the field, now that he's gotten at least a little bit acclimated to being hit, now that he's gotten a little bit acclimated to the offensive line and kind of when he wants to run, I think there's probably some read option stuff as he gets more comfortable with Nick Chubb. There are just things that are going to look different because he's at least been on the field, played a game at NFL speed again. And I just, I don't see a reason why he can't have a run that goes for like 15 yards in this game, whether it's a read option, whether it's a scramble, a designed run, whatever it is. I think he uses his legs more in this game. I think he gets free into the secondary for a, a good run. Um, so I think this, again, I hate to say this word, feels a little bit easy. I think a 12-yard run or more isn't isn't going to be that hard. I think he's going to get one, and so I'm taking the over here. Who's with me on the over? We'll do this I'll a little go, differently. Mary Kay? I'll, I'll go with you on the over, Dan, because um, you know even just in talking to Alex Van Pelt today, uh, he basically said that, you know, they they are probably going to use his legs a little bit more in this game. Uh, I think they should. I think they will. I think he needs to gain some confidence. And one of the best ways probably for him to do that uh, will be to run around a little bit and, uh, you know, just get the blood flowing. It seemed like that's when he 
uh, you know, seemed most confident actually in Houston when he was when he was starting to use his legs a little bit and his playmaking ability. So I'm going to say yes that he can get uh, a run of 12 yards or more in this game and that he will. Would you almost take this if this was the the, the number? For his longest rushing play, would you almost take the over on this like every game the rest of his career as a Brown that like when he is functioning at full capacity, because I like the over as well. And it you know, that it's like this is well, this is a, a part of his game. And maybe he would have more often than not one big run like that in a game. So I think it's a good over. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I would because I think there'll be at least one run every game where there's a breakdown. And he just scrambles for that, mm-hmm. right? And then they'll do some design stuff. So, yeah, I, I think if if you made me – I think I would win on this bet more than I'd lose if it was 11 and a half every single game for the rest of his Browns career. I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Uh, Irie? I, too, agree with him going uh, over that. I, too, don't see a reason why he would not be able to go over that. Uh, as you've seen, everybody – I mean, when it comes to a quarterback, you're going to expect them to just go out throwing – when he's missed uh, over a season and a half, you're not really going to expect him. So you're going to use, seem to use, be a bit more mobile and use his legs a bit more. So I can see multiple times where he's dodging sacks and able to get up, you know, within the open field right there in front of him, be able to get a first down and more. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, it's going to be a clean sweep here because even though last week, even when everything was going like, you know, it seemed like a lot of things weren't going his way out on the field. His longest rush was still 11 yards. Like, so he was really just, like, right there. Um, so I'm, I like this number for the over, assuming things go a bit more smoothly this week. Yeah, I was I was trying to find Jacoby Brissett's longest run every week, and, and I, can't, I can't find that long anywhere. But he's had, I mean, you look at even some of his rushing numbers, um, and some of these are skewed by uh, sneaks. But he had a 32-yard rushing game. He had a game where he rushed for 43 yards on six carries. I mean, you just think of some of these, a 40-yard rushing game against Miami. Even Jacoby has broken free for like 10, 11, 12 yards. I, I just think, again, I hate to say this. This makes me nervous. It feels too easy. All right, Irene, last prop bet. Kind of scary because we've done some some clean sleeps with with some of these bets, and I'm scared that I'll be the one to say, no, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> it's only, only one way to find out. So – Going to team total touchdowns, I just want to point this out. The number right now they have for both Bengals and Browns within team total touchdowns is two and a half. Now, we're already giving our opinion on Joe Burrow eclipsing the number himself in the air for the Bengals, but now I'm going to go into the Browns and say they too will be able to go over within team total touchdowns. Uh, I don't believe that it will be a lights-out, dynamic offense going crazy, but I believe throughout the game and span, they'll be able to balance and be able to eclipse that number uh, throughout the game. Plus, they've done very well recently uh, just within team total points and total touchdowns. Last game was more of a defensive game, but now we see the offense be able to wake up a bit more with Watson, and we hope to see him more on the ground, which will be able to break down the Bengals' defensive uh, coverage. Okay, so team total touchdowns. Uh, you said that was two and a half, right? Correct. Okay, and that's actually uh, those are plus odds for the Browns, uh, two and a half total touchdowns uh, to go over that number. I am going to take the over on this. I mean, this is sort of this is going to lead us into our pick segment. I think you guys are going to maybe get a sense of where where maybe we're leaning here. I'm going to take the over on this. I think the Browns will score at least three touchdowns in this game. I'm under, and I'll 
save it the rest for my pick. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Mary Kay. I'm going to go over. And again, um, that will be probably reflected in my pick when we get to that point. But, um, but I am, I am taking the over because I, I see a Nick Chubb rushing touchdown uh, and I see a touchdown pass or two. So I am going to go over. Yeah, I'm also taking the over. Um, and again, it's it's probably reflected in the way I've been I've been talking about this game and, and what I'm going to pick. But I do think the Browns have a tendency to kind of go off against the Bengals. I think a big part of that is the way they've created takeaways against the Bengals and gotten pressure on Joe Burrow on the defensive side. That's kind of fueled the offensive side. Um, and Dan, I did manually look it up for you. The longest rush Jacoby Brissett had this season was 22 yards two weeks ago against the Bills. All right. There you go. There we go. Ashley doing the the Ashley stats and info. So she's she's oh, watching vi- she's watching viral videos. She's looking up Jacoby Brissett's rushing totals. She's got it all covered there here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. All right, so we alluded to it. Uh, we're sort of setting up our picks here, so we're going to get to those. But first, before we do that, Lance Riceland is going to give us his scouting report on the Cincinnati Bengals. Lance, how are you? Hey Dan, how are you? I'm doing well. All right, let's get right to it. Browns and Bengals in Cincinnati. So get us updated on the Bengals. The last time the Browns the Browns fans saw them was that 32-13 win on Halloween. The Bengals have not lost since. So get us up to date. What are you seeing from this football team? Well, really good win over, over KC, but they have they play really well against KC. Uh, a couple things I'm seeing. Well, first in the in the Panthers game, Joe Mixon ran wild. Um, they kind of put on the Panthers pretty good, kind of misleading. Panthers are very good, but I thought the Panthers were pretty good defensively. Uh, Steelers, they beat 37, 30. That was a Joe Burrow game, big passing game. Uh, Titans, they kind of were balanced. Uh, I see a little bit more balance than I've seen. Um, I just still don't think, I still don't, uh, think Taylor will give up his roots. I still think they're going to throw it a bunch. Uh, but I see them being more balanced. Um, they're not, they're, uh, they're a run team that likes to move people horizontally and not vertically, even though they run some double teams, some duo concepts, uh, they want to spread you out and kind of finesse you. So, um, once again, it's a Joe Burrow, uh, driven team. Uh, they don't help their tackles very much. Um, a lot of really good matchups for the Browns. Uh, I know they're playing really well, but a lot of really good matchups for the Browns. So let's talk a little bit about that run game. Like you said, you don't see Zach Taylor maybe going against who he is. But one thing that has happened the last few weeks with Mixon being out is Samaj P. Ryan has sort of emerged as, you know, he's a guy I've always kind of liked as that third down back. Um, but he kind of emerged as a guy they can rely on to run the football. What are you seeing from how they use him? And then also now that Mixon is, is supposed to be back this week, sort of how that could could change things. Well, Mixon is a predominantly an outside zone guy. He's a predominantly a uh, guy who pushes that edge, really good one one foot in the ground to go, cutback guy. Samaje gives them a more of a power guy. So they run a little bit of duo last week. They ran a couple influence traps, uh, very basic run game, nothing real complicated about it, but they were a little bit more physical, and I think it's because of his, uh, his running style. He's a more physical runner. Um, he's not the home run threat that Mixon is. Uh, he's also really good in pass protection. He's very he makes himself very uh, available in checkdowns for Burrow. Burrow does a good job of getting him the ball um, because they he doesn't he does he's not involved in a ton of pass protection unless you bring a five man pressure. Uh, he doesn't help a lot. He doesn't chip a lot. So uh, I just think he's uh, with both of them. It's a very good combination. But he's emerged as a power guy, which I think has given them some balance. And 
he's a guy that you really don't look at the numbers. He gives you a big run when you need it. So it might be a two-yard run. It might be a three-yard run, but it's getting you to third and three. It's getting you to second and seven. Um, He's just a pretty heavy guy. He runs pretty hard. What did you notice from Jamar Chase in his first game back? I was really impressed on the one play in particular on Cincinnati's last drive. When he fought for the first down, it looked like he was dead to rights, and he fought for the sticks and got there. That's a guy coming off an injury, still kind of dealing with it, in fact. What, what were your impressions of him in his first game back? We didn't see; he didn't seem to have any uh, ill effects of that hip. Uh, that's what I. That was my first thing. He looked just as explosive. Uh, I think he's at his best when he runs basic concepts. I think he's. Uh, I think he's. Uh, everybody. I think he's a good route runner, um, but his athleticism makes him a great route runner. Where I think Cooper's a great, great route runner. Um, Chase is really good when he's running hitches and slants and back shoulder fades and fades. The basic three step game that we all know as coaches. That's his best stuff. Um, I think he plays fast when he does that. A lot of those balls are uh, 50-50 balls, especially when they're over 10 yards, and he just wins. And he's a guy who wins at at the catch. Uh, He wins all three phases, which not a lot of receivers can do. He wins with the release. uh, He wins at the catch, and then he's really good run after catch. And I thought his explosion, I thought he looked pretty normal. So I thought he, uh, it looks like he's back for sure. Uh, defensively, we know about Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard. Uh, of course, they're dealing with the loss of Chidobe Awuzie, who got hurt against the Browns last time. Uh, where is this team at defensively? Uh, well, I think they're secondary-wise, they're okay. Some of those guys are very beatable. They jump routes. So those guys are uh, beatable with double moves. Those guys are um, – it's a solid secondary. I don't see anything – nothing stood out in terms of being uh, – you know, you can attack them, but they're also not standouts. I like uh, – I like their. I like Reader inside. He's really heavy. Once again, those tackles they have, all the tackles they have, Hill, Reader, they're all real heavy guys. So um, again, for me, those are the D tackles I like. I think those are D tackles the Browns um, could benefit from just because they allow those linebackers to run free. Um, they take double. They take on double teams real well. Um, but again, they flow really well, um, and that's one of my issues. That's one of my uh, talking points this week in terms of they flow so much, they run really well. Uh, they leave a lot of cutback lanes. You saw it in the first game with Chubb, and you saw it last week a bunch um, with KC in terms of leaving big cutback lanes for running backs because they over-pursue. Aggressive bunch, but almost too aggressive. Okay, so on the Brown side, uh, you know, you just put up a post. We're recording this on Thursday. You put up a post uh, today. Folks can go find that at cleveland.com slash Browns. How Deshaun Watson can shake off the rust here in his second game. So what are you looking for from Deshaun Watson as he ventures into the AFC North now? Well, I, I think what will really help them is minimizing his processing. If they can get a simple concept and take uh, kind of take a burrow chase kind of approach to it, we're going to throw hitches, slants, fades, and back shoulders. And we're going to live by it and really allow Cooper um, to work his route running magic because that takes a lot of pressure. He, now, he's going to that process is all going to happen, but it's going to take game reps, lots and lots of game reps. But I think his natural ability can come through if he just um, – if you simplify and work one side of the field, um, I think getting him hit, maybe some design runs, get the juices flowing. Uh, I think screens uh, are huge for him. Uh, screens make you work your your pass protection. Um, I've been really big on the fact that he's underneath center more. And when you're underneath center more, your back is to the back, uh, to the defense uh, as you're faking. So those are – it's not hard, but it's just something he's going to have to work on. So by running screens, he's going to take those drops, but then just jump it off as a screen so he can work that footwork. So I just think get him going. Uh, simple schemes, uh, get him hit, do some design runs, um, 
simplifying and letting him play. He, he He's thinking too much, and when a player is thinking, his feet aren't working. So I just think simplifying and letting him uh, – you know, throw some simple routes. If it's not there, let him get into scramble drill. Let everybody work scramble drill. Let him work some uh, work some of his uh, improv stuff, and, and I think that'll help him. Okay, so before I let you go, what's your pick for this game? Well, like I said, the matchup. So a couple matchups here. The O-line, they don't help Williams. I think our DBs match up, the three-on-three with Emerson uh, being able to match up with Higgins. Um, since he run game, is not a power run game, which the Browns struggle with. Even if they run it, they're not a power run game. I like the Browns. I think the Browns win 24-21. I think I, I'm a I'm a big believer in matchups, and I think this just is a bad matchup uh, for Cincinnati. I heard uh, Ashley say it's kind of, you know, our defense seems kind of built for these uh, kind of teams, and I would I agree because if you don't run it right at the Browns, they're pretty good defensively. Okay, there you go. So at this point in the podcast, we've had uh, Michael Nizalik from uh, our, our one of our Browns Bengals reporters. He picked the Bengals. Lance, you have picked the Browns. So we are at one to one right now. All right. We are going to take a break and the, uh, the rest of us are going to make our game picks on the other side. Lance, thanks for the time. As always, thanks for having me. Welcome back to the Orange Brown Talk podcast, our big Browns Bengals preview. And the time has come for us to make our picks. We're doing draft lottery generator again. I got everybody in the system. I'm going to hit pick number one here. We're going to go through our order. Pick number one is Ashley. All right. Should be pretty obvious. I'm picking the Browns in this one. I I won't pick the Bengals until they actually beat the Browns when we're looking at future matchups. Um, I think, you know, coming into the first matchup between these two th- teams, I thought it was going to be like a prime opportunity for the Bengals. The Browns were just floundering and instead the Browns kind of grasped onto it and proved like, hey, they might be struggling right now, but boy, are they beat to build the Bengals as this team currently stands. Um, I do think it's not going to be a perfect game again for Deshaun Watson, but they have put up a lot of points against the Bengals these last few meetings. And I don't know, remember the score off the top of my head from the last game last year, but we're, we're throwing that one to the side because most of our main players did not play since it was the final game of the year. But I'm going, I think it's going to be a high, higher scoring affair. Browns 35, Bengals 24. I think the Browns get this done by more than a single score again. Yeah, and I should have mentioned this off the top. The, the Bengals are favored by five and a half, and the total in this game is 46. So you said Browns 35. What did you say for Cincinnati? 24. 24. Okay, so you've obviously got the Browns winning, and you've got an easy over here in this game. I'm going to jump the line because I think I'm probably just going to repeat a lot of what Ashley just said. So there's no reason to to wait for me to do it in like four picks. I just cannot pick the Bengals to beat the Browns until they do it. I certainly see a scenario where Joe Burrow's like, like Doug, you've been saying like Joe Burrow's like, nope, I'm sick of it. I'm done. I'm going to throw for 400 yards and we're going to win this game. But I've, I've been thinking to myself, if I'm sitting in that press box Sunday and I'm wrong and oh boy, if I had some Sundays sitting in that press box being wrong, what's going to make me feel less stupid to me. If I pick the Browns and the Bengals win, it's like, okay, yeah, I was wrong. But, okay, whatever. If I pick the Bengals again, which I've done multiple times, if I pick the Bengals again and the Browns are up 20 points in the third quarter, I'm going to be sitting in the press box banging my head on the table saying, what was, of course, of course the Browns won this game because the Browns always beat the Bengals. So that's my logic. There's no football logic there. There's nothing there other than 
Well, I do think the Browns match up well with Cincinnati. I feel less stupid picking the Browns to win this game. So I'm going to say Browns. I got to remember, I took the over on touchdown. So I got to make sure I get that right. Browns 27, Cincinnati 21. Now we got to go back to the draft lottery generator since I jumped the line. Uh, Doug, what have you got? I think I got this one. And the idea of I'm not going to pick one of the best teams in the NFL to beat the Browns until they do it is like, okay, well, you're guaranteeing you're going to be wrong at some point because I don't think Joey B is going an offer in his career against Cleveland. And it's going to start Sunday. And I think the Bengals are going to blow the doors off the Browns on Sunday. When you look at the games that these two teams have played since Joe Burrow came into the league, first game is the second game of Joe Burrow's career. Miles Garrett gets the strip sack. Fun game. Second game is the miracle of Donovan Peoples-Jones, right? Odell Beckham gets hurt. It's the miracle pass that saves the Browns and like keeps them alive. And they come into that game after the Minka Fitzpatrick pick by the Steelers the week before. Is Baker going to lose his job? That game, the Browns, their backs are against the wall. It's all about them, and they pull out a miracle. Then last year, they go to Cincinnati. It's the Odell-Baker thing is exploding. Burrow's marching them right down the field. Denzel gets the pick six, runs it back the other way. That is a rally the Browns around the quarterback. Oh, my God, that game is all about the Browns. Their backs are against the wall. And another miracle happens. Without that, and we talked about it like that day. Without that Denzel pick six, the, the Bengals might just roll them. Instead, the Browns backs against the wall find a way. Then they play the last game of last season. Nobody plays, and, and the Browns win again. Then this year, it is a last gasp for the Browns. They're losing every week. If you're ever going to beat them, you're going to beat them at home on Halloween, right? I picked the Browns to win that game because I thought the matchup, okay? So they've won, they've beat them three times when it was all about the Browns. This game is all about the Bengals. The Browns are already dead. The Bengals are fighting the Ravens for first place. The Bengals are coming off a win against Patrick Mahomes. The Bengals are feeling themselves, and the Bengals are sick of losing to the Browns. And by the way, Ashley and Dan, the Bengals are better than the Browns. They're better than them, and they're at home. So I'm sorry, been... but were the Bengals not better than the Browns on Halloween? Like, that doesn't always yeah. mean... But it like, means that it now. Weren't they better than the Browns? Like significantly better than the Browns last year. Yeah. Yeah. But also guess what? When a team is significantly better than another team and they keep losing to them, it doesn't mean they're going to lose to them forever. It means it's eventually going to flip and it's flipping Sunday. By the way, last year when the Bengals lost to the Browns, Joe Burrow fell to seven, 11 and one as a starting NFL quarterback, as the Bengals fell to five and four last year when they lost to the Browns. Since then, including the playoffs, which it should include because they made the Super Bowl, he's 16 and 7. Last year was like the moment of like, okay, and then he was like, okay, let's go. And then he didn't have Jamar. He didn't have Jamar in the game this year. Now he's got all his dudes. He's home. They are going to thump the Browns, who, by the way, there was one team in the league the Browns would have beaten last year. They happened last week, last week. And Miracle upon miracles, that's who they played. They didn't score an offensive touchdown. We're talking about how many. They didn't. Like, what is going to change miraculously in a week? They're going to get blown out. 
38-17 Cincinnati. Oh my gosh. I could not feel I can't wait more confident. See, I can't wait till you're wrong. I can't wait till I can't wait until the Bengals go to back-to-back Super Bowls and you're like, oh my God, remember when I picked them to lose both times to the Browns? Well, no, it makes sense. I'm with Dan. It makes sense. It makes it sense make to pick sense. them to lose to the Browns. No, it the doesn't. Browns match up with this Bengals team better than any other team Doug, in the league. So they're, so they're Doug, never going to beat them. It's not like they're it's never a gonna beat them. They're built. It doesn't mean they're never going to beat them, but why would I pick them to You're beat nuts. them right now? I'm not because they beat the Chiefs last week, and they're a better team, and they're at home. There's like five reasons you should pick the Bengals this week. Jonah Williams looked like he had not like ever played a down of football last time we saw them. Like they just get so much pressure well, against because this offensive line is so bad that that's why I'm not going to pick them. And the defensive backs match up perfectly with these receivers. I feel very strongly about this. And while I'm at I'll it, real Skyline money. Chili is garbage. I hate Whoa. Skyline Chili too. Yeah. I hate Skyline Chili. I destroy the Browns. I'm not a big chili. I'm not. A, I'm not a big chili guy, so I can't weigh no. in on that. But, but. I will, Doug, you're right. It doesn't make sense, but nothing about this makes sense. No, the but, Browns but have I'm dominated Joe Burrow in the Bay. And by no, the way, I just gave you, I just gave you the, the reasons they did. They're very specific emotional things that happened here that you can go to that they've already, they're out of miracles. There's not a DPJ miracle coming again in this one. Like they've used up all their Cincinnati miracles. So now we just talk about who's the better football team and the Bengals are the better football team. And, and you know what else doesn't make sense? That Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in football, can't beat the Cincinnati Bengals. This game is just weird. And that, like sometimes you just I mean, look, Joe Burrow's going to beat the Browns at some point in his career. Maybe it'll be this week. I don't know. This is it's just, football is just weird. And this just feels like one of those weird things. We're going to have a fun yeah, post. Not to me. Though. Not to me. <laughs> it feels like football to me and the Bengals are going to win. Okay, Irie, what have you got? Doug, this is the season of giving. You're supposed to be jolly and agree with my choice, my bet. Once again, you don't. So I'm gonna go. So I'm gonna say no. You're wrong. Browns win 27-25. Win the war of Ohio. If that, you know what? That sounded way better in my head. That's nothing. That, that's that's on that's, bad. And, what, what, that's, that's nothing. God. I give you like ten pieces of football analysis for why the Bengals are gonna beat the Browns. The war of Ohio is not getting it done, man. Sorry. <laughs> all right mary Kay, what's your pick okay well before i actually make the pick real quick i would like to give a few reasons why i am uh making this pick and i think by now you guys probably have a good idea of who i am picking but here are some of the reasons why uh, i'm going to make this case first of all the offensive line we've talked about this the offensive line is playing so much better for the bengals than it has in the past and i think that's a huge key to this game i think they have to figure out how to solve Miles Garrett. And I think they're going to make it job number one. And if they can't solve him uh, in terms of uh, getting that kind of pressure, then I think Joe Burrow is, is going to do whatever he can to get the ball out very, very quickly. That's what teams have been doing against the Browns. When they neutralize Miles lately, they're getting the ball out lightning quick. So I think Joe will do that. I think they'll have some outlet opportunities for him to be able to do that. Uh, I think Joe Mixon being back in this game from his concussion – uh, I think that will help them a lot. I think they've got a one-two punch at running back that they will utilize. Uh, I also think that if they're smart, they will add in some motions and some pre-snap stuff uh, because it really does 
seem to cross up the Browns. And I, it, it is late in the game to be reinventing your wheel, but I think if you can just add in, I mean, and, and, uh, and, and Joe Woods said today when I asked him that, he said they have it. I mean, they've got it in the, in the playbook. So, I mean, why not use it? Why not pull out all the stops? They've got to change it up. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and think uh, that you're going to, you know, that anything is going to be different. So they've, they've got to try uh, doing those things that Mike McDaniel did to the Cleveland Browns and that others have done to the Cleveland Browns. They've got to chip miles. I mean, you just got to chip miles. Now they're, best tight end isn't going to play in this game. So they're going to have to figure out a way uh, to get that job done. But, um, but I, you know, I agree with Doug, Joe Burrow is not, he is, he doesn't have the mindset or the mentality to, uh, to continue to allow the Cleveland Browns to beat him. He doesn't have it in him. I I, I think uh, the buck stops here. I think he's done. I think that, He's going to try to be lights out against Cleveland Browns. They have so much to play for. I mean, these are high stakes games now. He was he took the team to the Super Bowl last year, and you don't get there by not playing your absolute best football in December. So I think he's probably going to do that. He's going to find a way. He's got Jamar Chase back. Um, I, I just think there are a lot of reasons why, uh, and they're at home that they're going to they're going to pull this off. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think the Browns. Defensive backs are going to play well, but um, somehow, some way, I think they're going to get this monkey off their back. I I think the the Bengals are going to cover, and I'm going with a score of thirty to twenty four. Okay, so that is three picks of the Browns, Doug and Mary Kay, picking the Bengals in this game. We're going to have a fun post game show. That's all I'm saying. I almost want to be wrong so that Ashley can just take a huge victory lap <laughs> on my head. I'm, oh. I would almost welcome I that. Would, I am praying for it, honestly. it's. I'm going to close my eyes tonight and count like the ways I can take victory lap instead of counting sheep. <laughs> okay. All of our listeners out there, you have homework. Okay. This is your homework. You've got to do it. You just listen to this podcast. You listen to Ashley yell at Doug. Maybe go back and listen to that again. That was fun. Mm. Um, find the video. If you have not watched the video, find the video. Don't do it. What are we calling? Are we calling her Root Canal Girl? Just search. Go on Twitter and do what I did. Search Bengals Fan Wisdom Teeth and it will come up. Go on Twitter. Search Bengals Fan Wisdom Teeth. Watch the video and we need you to weigh in if you believe it's real or fake. Why don't you do it with a five-star review, actually, on Apple Podcasts? Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and say real or fake. I want, I want to hear. I want to know. Make your case as to what you think, because I am woke on this. Ashley, I think, too, is also woke on this. Doug, I'm sorry. You've been yelled at on this podcast. You've had your heart broken. <laughs> I, I know you weren't expecting this when you logged on. Well, just so everybody knows, so I had eye surgery this morning, and I'm doing this entire <laughs> podcast with a huge bandage on my face. And I probably should have skipped it, but the fact that I did get my heart broken and I was yelled at. That's why I was here. It makes me feel alive to come on this podcast. <laughs> so I'm so glad that I took part in it. We, we and, saw Doug log on and we just smelled the blood in the water. We were like, oh, we're going yeah, yeah, to get And it. the blood in my eyeball. 
Yeah, and and how mean are we? We had no mercy on Doug whatsoever. The poor guy comes on the pod. He's got this big patch on his eye. He's (laughs) on probably some pain meds or something. And uh, we just, we showed no mercy. We're we're not nice people. It's what I would do. It's what I would do. Do it to me. Catch Doug's video on his Twitter of him crying after his procedure about how the Bengals haven't beaten the Browns and how he thinks it's going to change. Catch that video. Mine would be... Ashley's so mean to me I on know. the pod. Oh, I'm what I cried about. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, there we go. That is uh, our uh, our Orange and Brown Talk podcast here on a Friday. Uh, thanks again to Michael uh, Nizalik for joining us. If you want to hear more from him, again, check out Strictly Stripes. That's our Bengals podcast, just like this podcast, five days a week. Mary Kay will be joining them for their latest edition. So hop over there, give them a subscribe, give them a review. Give them a listen. They do a great job. Uh, and you can also find that work at cleveland.com slash bangles. Thanks also to Lance Reisland for his scouting report. For Doug, Mary Kay, Irie, and Ashley, I am Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. 